0: Good evening, Demon fans, and welcome back to the Demonland Podcast. My name is Andy, and while well, it's felt like an eternity since we were bundled out of the finals in straight sets for the second season in a row, the trade and draft period has come and gone. The 2024 fixture has been released, and in a moment, I'll be having a chat with the Melbourne Football Club's National Recruitment Manager, Jason Taylor, to have a chat about our trade and draft period, our newest recruits, our recruits who have yet to debut, as well as those father-son prospects on the horizon. In the next few weeks, the Demonland Podcast will briefly return to wrap up the 2023 season. We'll discuss the season, the trade and draft, the 2024 fixture and our hopes and dreams for the next season. Keep an eye out for that one wherever you get your podcasts from. But first, Jason Taylor. Our guest tonight is the Melbourne Football Club's National Recruitment Manager. He's just completed his 11th draft for the Demons. He has overseen the drafting of premiership players such as Christian Salen, James Harms, Christian Petrarca, Angus Brayshaw, Alex Neil Bullen, Clayton Oliver, Charlie Spargo, Bailey Fritch, Harrison Petty, Tom Sparrow, James Jordan, Luke Jackson, Cozzy Pickett, Trent Rivers and Jake Bowie. He was also at the club when we acquired a few other premiership stars such as Michael Hibbard, Jake Lever, Stephen May, Ed Langdon and Ben Brown. Based on that list, I don't need to remind listeners that I'm talking to Demon Royalty who has had a massive hand in not only putting together a premiership list but also a list that has been consistently competitive over the past three seasons and hopefully beyond. Welcome back to the Demonland Podcast, Jason Taylor.
1: Uh, Thanks, Andrew.
0: Pleasure. Uh, Jason, during trade week, we were able to improve our draft hand by securing pick 11 from the Suns by exchanging picks 14, 27 and 35. As a result of that trade, we had picks 6 and 11, which ultimately became picks 7 and 13 after the Academy of Picks. And there was the hope that we could somehow parlay that into perhaps securing pick 1 and Harley Reid from the Eagles. Can you take us through the trade of those picks uh, that moved us up the draft order? And was there ever a possibility that we could achieve the outcome of perhaps trading up again for pick one or another higher pick? And was there any serious consideration given by or negotiations with the Eagles beyond us making an offer or inquiry with them or any of the other teams at the top end of the draft?
1: Yeah, obviously, um, you know. Firstly, Tim Lamb, he he was uh, in constant contact with uh, you know all clubs, and including the Eagles. But as far as the draft picks go, we were only going to end up having two selections in the draft. So what we we wanted to do, if we couldn't sell any into the future as such, we thought it's best to bring as our. Draft hand forward as much as we can, and for two reasons. If that's where it lands, well, you you get a better opportunity at a a, a better player inside your your rankings, and then it also does give you the opportunity to move up. um, It gives you a better opportunity to move up the order. So um, that was the reasoning behind that. And um, you know, um, yeah, our offer was you know as reported was reasonably um, generous to the Eagles. and they gave it their due consideration. And our conversations with them were, you know, ongoing and um, and respectful. And uh, in the end, they decided to hold and pick. And, um, yeah, so that's where that ended. But uh, it, it, was, it was, yeah, it was in the mix for sure.
0: Uh, we took the talented outside running mid Caleb Windsor with our pick seven in the draft. Uh, early on, many phantom drafts had him going in the early to mid-teens. Closer to draft day, Kal Toomey had called him going to the D's with our first pick. And there's always the argument of whether a club should draft for needs or take best available. What specifically was it about Caleb that attracted the club to him and is our philosophy to draft for current needs over best available? And I ask that in the general sense and not specifically suggesting that Caleb was not the best available.
1: No, that's right. And um, no, I think he was a player that we targeted – Coming into the season before any games were played, coming out of um, 2022, because we thought that he's a player that we we liked his talent. Um, he he only played a handful of games the year before, but he and he had a syndesmosis injury. But he um, he took a little while to get going in the early part of the year, just coming back from that that foot injury. Um, but then. Um, he really got going in the Nationals and then he's finished in the year was uh, excellent. So the reason I say that we, you know, target him a little bit coming into the year was that we thought that we, you know, could really do with some of that genuine speed through the middle of the ground. And he's a goal kicking wingman as well, uh, but he does have really, really good speed and um, he's a 60 to metre player. And I just think um, he'd had a really good, um, mixed to our other midfielders. Um, so, yeah, that was the reason behind that. Uh, you talk about, um, I suppose, targeting specific needs in the draft. Well, we wanted to just go best available um, in this draft, given that, you know, where we fish on the ladder, we just wanted to bring in talent. Um, and we have invested in the taller players in the more recent drafts, in uh, Jacob Van Royen and, and Matty Jefferson and and Jed Adams. So um, that also gives us the confidence to to go with Caleb.
0: So that brings me to the to the next one. So reading uh, the comments on our forum on draft night, many Landers were wrapped that WA defender slash midfielder Daniel Curtin, who many thought might go earlier in the draft, was still available at pick seven. And this might tie into that uh, current needs versus best available argument. And also given Stephen May is going to be turning 32 in January. Was there any strong consideration um, to take Curden, given that he was available at pick seven? And we might have thought he might not have been. Adelaide obviously were very keen to snag him, trading up for picks immediately after we passed on him. So was there any thought on the night about Curtin or... It was always
1: gonna oh, be. Oh, we had an order. So yeah, if if um if for, for example, if Windsor was taken ahead of that, then he's he would have been well in that, that mix. So yeah, clearly we rated uh, Daniel. Um, but, you know, we on the balance of talent and and potential I reckon need a little bit. Um, we stuck with our true to our order and um, selected Caleb.
0: Uh, With pick 13, we secured attacking half-forward Colson Tallstrup, who, like Caleb, uh, many early Phantom drafts were... He was slated as a late-team pick, but late in the piece, draft guru Kaltumi did pencil him in at the Ds, perhaps based off of your 8,000 kilometre round trip and roast dinner uh, in Esperance in WA. I know you were impressed with Colton and his family. Can you give us some insight into that pick and what Colton, who incidentally will be one of Demonland's sponsored players next year, along with Stephen May, what will Colton uh, bring to the table?
1: I'm uh, very excited yeah, by what Colton can bring to the table. Um, you know, is that speed forward, if you like, that medium forward with some genuine power and aerial ability in his game. And, um, you know, I think within time, he should have the scope to go through the midfield. Uh, he didn't have a lot of exposure um, throughout this year in the midfield. He played a specific role at uh, league level at Subiaco and was very disciplined and uh, and, and did that role really well. Um What what excites us a little bit about Colton is that, you know, like, his exposure to the pathways, um, pretty limited and quite raw, given, you know, the travel involved coming from Esperance, which is some 700 kilometres from Perth, Um, and he came in last year as a bottom major, and, you know, it was really exciting coming into that program at Subiaco and playing Colts, and really hit the scoreboard early in the year I was on, on track for probably 50 goals or, or more the way he was going. Um, so we just put that as a bit of a combination of that that's his bottom age year uh, you know in the uh, Colts um, format and then he's played league and a specific role this year. so we really like the way he went about that. Um, and you know we think if you combine those two years together if he was playing Colts this year, I think he really would have taken the competition by storm. So um, he's a very good athlete, um, and you know he's got a lot of growth to come as well in that area. So he's a good speed endurance athlete, and um, yeah, he's a terrific character, um, as all the boys that were brought in. And um, he's going to really add to our footy club. So now we're excited by both the selections of Caleb and, and Colton, which is pronounced Tolstrup, um, as a Danish background. Yeah.
0: Good to know. Uh, We were able to select father-son prospect Kynan Brown as a Category B rookie. Uh, Kynan has been on the radar for a while. He's trained with the Ds already and has played a couple of times at Casey. Uh, He's been touted as a bit of a steal, considering we effectively didn't have to give up anything for him. Can you give our listeners a little bit of an insight on Kynan?
1: Yeah, well, he he couldn't have had a more consistent year at um, both uh, Oakley Chargers and Vic Metro. Um, clearly, it's always you know a special time to be able to bring in a father son, and um, you know he, he richly deserves the opportunity that he's now gotten. Kind and through his consistency, and um, you know I think testament to his character is that you know he's finished as an MVP for Vic Metro, and um, you know has played pretty well most games this year, and then he. Was unlucky not to get an invite to any of the combines, which, you know, could have been a blow um, to his ego and, and rightly so. But um, his best, best footy were probably the next two or three weeks after that, which I, I reckon shows a lot of resilience and strength of character. So, um, yeah, no, it's good to have him and to give him this opportunity, that's for sure.
0: Uh, We we had a a question from our our listeners about the combines. Uh, I didn't have this down on my list, but uh, someone did ask, how much uh, stock do you put into the combine results versus what you actually see with your scouts and all that?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's a very small percentage, but I mean, I only speak on our behalf. Um, Yeah, it's always been a very small percentage. It's about intent uh, from the, the athlete and how they... They, um, you know, prepare and want to perform, and, and how much um, effort and intent they put into doing a two k, for example. Um, you know, I'll, I'll give you a good example of it. Like you, you watch them interact with their peers throughout the combine, and even in Colton's case, like he he switched runners for the agility test because, and when we we asked him about that, it was because that. So the runners he had were quite slippery, you know, when he was doing the, his normal runner. So he, he had another pair that he found out had better grip, and he actually shared that with a few of his teammates as well. And um, he got an excellent agility result. So that shows a bit of, you know, I suppose thought and want to do well. So there's some real intent in that. Um, so they're the little things we look at throughout the combine, not so much the actual results, as you you know, as you said yourself, Andrew. You see him play. You see that wind speed when he's playing and, um, you know, I suppose it's just reaffirms it.
0: Uh, During the trade period, we bought over three players from rival clubs, Jack Billings from the Saints, Shane McAdam from the Crows, Tom Fullerton from the Lions. Can you give us a rundown on those trades and what specifically it was about each of those players that made them targets for the Ds and do you expect immediate impact in the form of, uh, uh, you know, from each or any of them potentially playing uh, round one?
1: Well, you know, obviously, um, with Brody, you know, and Tim Tim Lamb did a fantastic job in this space, and you know, with Brody moving on, uh, we need to fulfil that ruck spot, and so Tom Fullarton, who you know showed some promise at AFL level and and really played some seriously good football at at, at VFL level, um, came in, and he'll be able to fill that role, Um, and and then um, Shane McAdam was a target. Lamy, we just think, you know, he, he plays with good aggression. Um, he's got an aerial ground game. Um, he's just going to give us some real potency uh, centre forward. Um, he's a goal kicker. Um, you know, he's had some injuries in the past, but um, when he's had continuity, um, he's an excellent player at AFL level. So really excited by that. Um, and Jack Billings, you know, we've lost some players through um, moving on to other clubs in JJ and Arms and and Jack was, um, you know, I think was looking for another opportunity um, out of the Saints and um, we just thought he'd be a good fit. We liked him as a junior. Um, You know, he's had a couple of injury-interrupted years but we think that, you know, he's fit now and, and, you know, getting back to somewhere where his best footy was, which is, you know, at AFL level was... Uh, very good. Um, you know, we think he can play a role, whether that be mid uh, forward. We're not sure, but um, he was here training today as well. All those boys, um, and along with Marty Hoare as well, who uh, we welcome back into the fold. Who was who was unlucky originally, really, um, when list uh, sizes came down. But um, yeah, he's he's been exceptional at VFL level since he left here, and um, you know, it's great for him to get another chance as well.
0: Well, as you mentioned, we passed on our last picks in both the draft and pre-season rookie draft. And as you mentioned today, it was announced that we've thrown former Demon Marty Hora lifeline uh, when the pre-season supplemental selection period opened today. Are there any other vacant spots on the list remaining? And if so, have we invited anyone else to train during the pre-season like we have in pre- previous seasons?
1: Yeah, no, that's it. We're, we're, we're um, finished now and um, we're We might. We're not in a position to have anyone train with us, but um,
0: yeah. All right. uh, Revisiting last year's draft class, none of them made a debut for the D's in 2023, uh, which is understandable given the current list profile and the fact that some of them are key position players who historically take longer to develop. And we are in a position where we have the luxury to allow these kids to develop and hone their craft at Casey and not rush them into the senior side. How are forward Matt Uh, Jefferson, Defender Jed Adams, Ruckman Will Varel and Utility Oliver Seston developing and are you expecting any of them to take the next step in the coming season?
1: Yeah, no they obviously watched training today uh, their first session for the year and um, you know, they've they've all come back um, you know, looking bigger and stronger and fitter um, which is, you know, what you you, want to see and um, you know all those boys showed snippets at different stages last year um, you know, and they, as you quite rightly pointed out, Andrew, as key position players, they take a little bit longer to develop. So there's an expectation to build the habits really quickly and strongly. And um, but there's also, you know, you've got a temper expectation that they do take their time. You know, Jed, for example, came in with a shoulder, so he really this is his this will be his first full preseason. So um, it'll be. You know, I'm looking forward to seeing how he looks come you know March next year and uh, how he's looking. But he's certainly come back uh, pretty good, and um, you know, looked, he's looking better in the body, and and, and that goes for both uh, Maddie and uh, and Will as well, and and Ollie for that matter. You know, Ollie he's that type of athlete that is really skillful, powerful athlete, but he needs to uh, just continue to build his endurance. Base so um, each pre-season is um, you know a positive step for those guys and um, so they're they're all tracking in the right direction.
0: Uh, a couple of other recent draftees uh, also haven't debuted yet uh, but have showed significant promise at Casey and, by all reports, Daniel Howells has been on the cusp of a call-up in the past two seasons only for injury to stall his chance to debut. Andy Manese wakefield has also impressed many of our Casey watchers uh, who feel that he isn't too far off either. How are those two travelling and can you see either of those two getting a gig at some point uh, next, uh, the next season?
1: Yeah, Blake House. Yeah, well, Housey's been um, unlucky. Really, he's got poor timing on injuries. Um, you know, where he wasn't far off in in both his uh, debut year and last year. And um, yeah, that he's um, he's come back strong and he's put on a bit, little bit of size. He's a, he's a lightly framed athlete, but he's put on a little bit of size. So I know the coaches are excited about Housey and, and what he. What he can bring, and um, I'm sure if he has a good pre-season and remains injury-free, that he'll he'll, he'll debut before not too long. And um, and Andy, yeah, Andy's came back as well. He, he um, yeah, you know I mean all these guys have had really good um, two, three-week periods at, at VFL level, and it's just about building consistency. So he's certainly shown that he can, you know, hit the scoreboard um, at VFL level, and, and we're sure that he can do that. at at AFL level, once given an opportunity. So, yeah, again, he's just got to learn to build the, the right habits all the time and um, and keep building his game like that. But, yeah, they're both showing promise, those boys. Uh,
0: 2023 saw us unearth another Jason Taylor gem in round one. No no one had Judd McVee going from rookie to Casey Premiership player to permanent fixture in one of the best defences in the league on their 2023 bingo cards. Uh, you must be wrapped with his rapid rise.
1: Yeah, no, really pleased. And then when, and when you see him walk in the door today, you can see someone that's gone away again and hasn't rested on his laurels. Um, you know, so that's a real positive for, and and shows, you know, the character of Judd. Uh, we, we're always really, um, you know, again, you know, speak of um, even Colton, like, you know, coming from Gerald and he wasn't always, you know, exposed to the, the elite programs, if you like, coming through until he's probably his last year, but we always liked what we saw in Judd from a talent perspective um, and his athletic profile was strong. So we knew if we could bring bring that together and and he, with his natural maturation, which he's probably surprised um, how quickly he's come on, but uh, we certainly rated his uh, football ability, and um, but it is pleasing and a real credit to him from the year he had last year, like he's, Pre-season games, you thought, wow, he uh, he's going on the right direction here. But uh, he's, the roles he was able to play and fulfil at AFL level all year, um, at, at a consistent level, was hats off to him.
0: Of our current crop of uh, players yet to debut, can you predict another Judd McV being discovered this year?
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm not too sure. <laughs> Well, hopefully they all progress, mm-hmm. and 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 that's the, and that's the fact, you know. Look, like, the key position players will take longer. That's just how it is. And I think with Jacob Van Roy, and he's probably exceeded expectation for a young key position player. And that's it's not if you look through history, he it, he's not always a guide. Um, even even the you know the greats of the game have taken a time to get going. Um, but um, yeah, look, I, I think the two boys that we um, in through the national draft this year will, will certainly have an impact in a positive way.
0: Uh, Kalani White has been on our radars for a long time. We follow Dad Jeff's posts on social media and have witnessed his talent at his ever-growing height and like his dad, he's a demon through and through. I know you guys are keeping an eye on him. How's he progressing through his junior development in your eyes and if he's up to it, uh, when are we likely to see him uh, in the red and blue?
1: Yeah, well, you know, like, watching him at the 16s and, uh, as you said, we're in uh, constant contact with the family and uh, they're coming down uh, Friday, next Friday, I think, not this Friday, it might be this Friday, I'm losing track of dates, but um, it's this Friday, I think. Um, yeah, so we just, you know, meet with the family and map out a bit of a program for him and um, but he's 16. Carnival is, you know, very good. He's clearly he's got the height and athleticism, and uh, his football, you know, he's working on. it. He's got some exposure to different positions, and uh, you know, played some good footy back and some good footy forward, some good footy in the ruck. So there's a lot to like and a lot to work with with, with Kalani. Um, so yeah, no, he's 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 not this year. He's, he's the following year. Sorry, so if you like, not not next year's draft, the one after, so 25. Uh, we've got Nauruze on that front coming through. He's at um, Oakley Chargers' Caulfield Grammar. Had some exposure, f- has that kind of power forward, a uh, bit of mid, but also played back in some of the later games of the year and uh, he's progressing along nicely, so he- he'll have a train with us. Um, yeah, so there are a couple in the next two years that we're, um, we're, we're father-sons that we're we're looking at.
0: Well, that what you just answered. That was my next question about Noah Ruse. So we'll move on. Are there any other father-son prospects on the horizon as well?
1: And the following year, Marley Davy, who's, who's going to relocate and go to um, Xavier College. So we'll start to track him a bit harder. And um, Todd Patterson does a terrific job in that academy space for us. So um, yeah, so they're, they're, they're the main three at the moment.
0: Fantastic. Well, Jason, thank you for your time today. It's it's really insightful every time we speak with you. Best of luck with this year's crop and I, I look forward to chatting with you uh, this time next year, hopefully celebrating another flag. Thanks, Jason.
1: That'd be nice, Andrew. Good on you, mate.
0: Cheers. That was the Melbourne Football Club's National Recruitment Manager, Jason Taylor. The Demonland Podcast will return briefly in a few weeks to finally wrap up the 2023 season. We'll also discuss the wrap-up of our trade and draft period and cast our eye onto the 2024 season. See you in a few weeks. Go demons. Arrelegas.